I'm excited to talk about my sponsors today, Gay Lisby's Million Dollar Arbitrage Group. Amazing, amazing group. This is a teacher. This is, uh, Gay was a teacher. She is a teacher still. You need to learn this is the type of uh, environment you want to be in because she's going to help you understand why. And I think that's the hardest part of this business is understanding why. Why is the red one popular when the green one isn't? Well, there's usually a reason. And what Gay does is probably parse that better than anybody, and she'll explain the reasons for those things. I think that's really powerful. Yes, she puts out a list. You're going to get, uh, get use of that list if you get in the group. Now, here's the deal. The group isn't always open, right? So you get on the waiting list, and you can join the waiting list through my link. Um, doesn't cost you anything to, to get on a waiting list. And if you uh, like her service, which I find that most people do, and that's why there's not so many openings, um, you'll be with her for a long time. And so it's amazingfreedom.com. She's part of Andy Slamet's group, amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum. And you're going to get in the waiting list. That's all I can get you on right now. You can use my name and see if that gets you anywhere. But what I like about in that, uh, what I like about what they teach in that group are the things that are going on, you know, the current things. I've seen a lot of stuff going on about stores going out of business. Well, here's where an opportunity is. Here's why you want to do this. Hey, be cautious about this, you know, with Toys R Us coming out. You got to think about this. And that's the learning that you need to do. And gay is better than anybody else I've seen. So um, amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum will get you to the waiting list. Then hopefully it can get you in the group and then you're going to see me in there and uh, we can chat anytime you're ready. Karen Locker's group, Solutions, the number four e-commerce, solutions4ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you 50 bucks. Karen's our account manager. We recommend her to everyone because she's done so well for us. I mean, that's quite frankly the reason we've been paying her for the last few years, but she's become an important part of our team. Her and her team are so involved in our account. I just see the emails coming back and forth. Hey, we did this for you. I just saw two listings today. and I'm like, wait a second. Why did they show up? I didn't put any listings up. They got, uh, they got uh, set off to the side by Amazon, and they reactivated them for me. You know what I mean? That's the stuff that just happens when you have a strong team, and I can't recommend Karen enough. If you use uh, my code Momentum, Karen pays me. I don't want to hide that. Of course, we all know that, but you're going to save $50, and it's a great opportunity to really, really um, build out your team with somebody you can trust. That's why I recommend them. So solutions for e-commerce, solutions, the number for e-commerce.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you $50. Oh, and by the way, she's going to do an inventory health report. Why is that important? Well, guess what? Fees are going up. Is your inventory health number declining like ours is? Well, here's why, and here's what they can do. What I like is I get a spreadsheet from them and it says, hey, um, here's a bunch of inventory. Here's what we recommend. And I'm like, yep refund, I mean, uh, delete, uh, return to us, blah, 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 whatever it is, and it's or destroy, and it just happens. That's what I like. The other thing that I have Karen help me with a lot is creating new listings. You know, we do a lot of the research ourselves, we upload our images, and then boom, magically the listing goes live, and I don't have to worry about it. Those are the services that Karen offers. Can't recommend her enough. Solutions for ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. Save 50 bucks. Use my code you save $50 a month every single month, and it's a great service. Plus, you get that free inventory health report. I think it's a really powerful way. So I can't, uh, I'm so excited how many people have been joining her because I see it. And I'm excited because the, the messages I get from people are saying, hey, this is great. I finally feel like I can focus on something else because Karen and her team are watching this for me. And, you know, I highly recommend her.
Next up is Seller Labs and Scope. <laughs> I almost said it wrong. It's, it's amazing. I mean, it really is amazing when you sit back and think about, hey, I want to get this product up and it's similar to this product and that's, that product does well. Well, therefore, if that product does well, they have the right keywords. They have chosen things correctly. So guess what? You scope and you can see all that stuff. And that's what the, the most powerful thing in the world is to copy somebody who's done it right. That's what you want to, you want to take advantage of that, right? I mean, it's, it's fair uh, to see. And so therefore you could take and apply it to your listing and immediately get that same benefit. That's what scope does for me. Sellerlabs.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you $50 on the service. Oh, by the way, it's free to try. So sign up, try it, and say, oh, this is how it's done. Boom. And then you're gonna, the light's going to go on, and you're going to be like, man, I can get my products out there. I just can't wait. Can't wait. Sellerlabs.com forward slash momentum. The other day, I bought another domain. Yes, I bought another domain. It's almost like uh, I'm admitting guilt. But it's because I had an idea, and it was something that was a pretty good idea. I think it's going to go pretty far. And so what do I do? I go to trygodaddy.com forward slash momentum and save 30%. So domains aren't very expensive. You get a few services. It adds up a little bit. And I usually buy three years. I usually buy privacy. By the way, I recommend that too. Buy that, you know, it's not that much money, but when you can save 30%, it makes it that much sweeter. And it makes it easier uh, when you're buying domains, and especially if you buy a bunch of domains. I am a domain collector, and so I do tend to do that. But that 30% makes it a lot easier. And I use GoDaddy because what I like is I can pop in an address I'm thinking, and it'll say, nope, nope, try this version or try this extension. And then, boom, there it is. Hey, you better hurry before it goes away. And they're right, you know. And so try GoDaddy.com forward slash momentum, save 30%. Also, I want to mention about Grasshopper. Who was I just talking to somebody the other day? And they were like, oh, yeah, I use this company called Grasshopper. I'm like, dude, did you buy it through my link and save 30%? Hello? No, they missed that. So save 30%. It's trygrasshopper.com forward slash momentum. No surprise there, but you're going to save 30%. And what the, the real cool part about that is they're using it for their private label business. And it gives them virtually a second phone on their current phone without having to get another number. They can make up a vanity number. They don't have to go and do all the grief and, and sign long contracts. Pretty easy stuff. And so if you're creating a brand that you want to identify, you want to look professional, you want to look like a real company, Grasshopper is a great tool. It's an app you put on your existing phone, and boom, you now have a customer service department. You now have a sales department. You now have a manufacturing division. You could forward it to somebody else. You can have it go to different voicemails, different departments, and it's all included. So try grasshopper.com forward slash momentum. Save 30%. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 303, Scott Mears. Now, I love I love uh, somebody who can figure it out. I don't have a better way to say it, but somebody who just you know, looks at life and says, "Hmm, yeah, that's a problem for most, but man, I just know how to solve it." And if I don't know how to solve it, I'll keep trying until I do solve it. And Scott is clearly that guy. He is a process guy, which I love process. And I love the fact that you can apply those processes 
on everything that you do. So, you know, if you've been able to, I'm a tinkerer, for example, I can pretty much fix most anything uh, without looking at the instructions. And that's just because you've done so many different things, I can apply that. Some people don't have that skill set. It's one of my skill sets. Scott's clearly somebody who has figured out a way to approach a problem, a challenge, and see it as an opportunity because he realizes once he figures it out, he's now um, got a great system or a great process in place and it's just wash, rinse, repeat. And he can minimize the effect it has on his life. I call that noise. He can take and reduce the noise in his life. And I think that's a lesson for all of us. I think it takes practice. Um, It's clearly not easy, Um, but for Scott, he makes it look easy. And I'm here to tell you there's more to the story. Let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about today's guest. Uh, today's guest is a multitasker in the truest sense. Got a lot of moving pieces. I call it a lot of responsibility. And yet it appears that he manages it well. And I'm sure that's not the case. He'll tell you it's organized chaos, but to the outside, it really looks good. Scott Mears. Welcome, Scott. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks so much for having me. I'm actually uh, flattered and honored to be on your podcast. I relied on uh, many of your earlier podcasts when I got into Amazon selling a little over three years ago. So uh, I just uh, can't can't believe I'm here today. But um, very yes. kind of you. Very humbling because I, uh, you know, and I understand what you're saying because I rely on others' shoulders, right? I, that's what I do. Is I, 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 I'm just building on somebody else's stuff. But we all start somewhere, and um, it's it's hard to remember that sometimes that we all start somewhere because you're pretty experienced. Sometimes you look down your nose at these some of the questions. You're like, really? Come on! But I remember asking those questions. That's why I'm no holier than now because I remember when I started, and it wasn't easy. And back then, the software didn't exist. You know, back when we had to walk uphill both ways, that stuff didn't exist. So we had to really do it. You know, harder. Um, so I respect it. So anyway, well, you are a part-time seller doing a pretty good, doing a pretty good amount. I mean, and what I remember my takeaway from our conversation, what really struck me is the way you have adapted. Um, you have no waste in your stream. And I always appreciate that because I have a warehouse full of bad decisions, bad choices, and a stream of stuff. You've been intentional about making sure that you have a way out, um, and I think that that's fascinating. So we are going to get into all that, but let's first get into why e-commerce for you. So this started out as um, an experiment that turned into a hobby that ultimately uh, evolved <laughs> into a viable business, and I'm sure that's everybody's story, right? Um, so we've got friends, and we were over their house one day, and came up with what we thought would be a brilliant idea. So let's let's make this product and we'll go to Alibaba and we went you know back and forth for a couple of months. The product arrived, it was 200 units, put it on a website, put it on eBay, and after a couple of months we had one sale. Ooh, that's not good. That's it. This brilliant idea wasn't so brilliant. Was so, was it though when you when you saw it, but you and your friend the enthusiasm you you were Shark Tank, right? You were like, this is going to be the biggest thing. I don't care whatever it is. I remember oh, one absolutely. time I invented a rechargeable coffee cup. <laughs> and I went to one of those inventing things, you know, the ones you see on TV, invent uh, whatever. Hey, for, Steve, we think this is a great idea. For $2,000, we'll help you get it to market. And then I realized they say that to every single person. My idea is crap. 
<laughs> but your idea was big. It was big, and to date, we've uh, we've only sold that one unit. Oh um, no! <laughs> so it was a dud. But it was, uh, you know, the the byproduct of that was um, in looking for another way to sell it. I knew that when I bought something myself on Amazon, if you clicked on other sellers. It wasn't just Amazon, and you could find another price for other sellers, which made me realize that there's third-party sellers. My background's in mortgage banking. I know nothing about e-commerce, and so I decided to, on a slow day at work, do a little research on how do you sell on Amazon? How do you, you know, eBay is easy and straightforward, and that's been around, you know, for years. And you know, everyone knows that eBay is not the seller; it's all the third-party sellers. And um, I stumbled across a podcast um, of a woman who lost her job and essentially replaced her income by doing retail arbitrage. And I listened to the podcast twice that day before I left. It was an hour long and came home, played it for my wife. And I was just fascinated by this. There's no way that this is possible. You're, you're going and you're buying something at, you know, Rite Aid pharmacy for 75% off and you're selling it and, you know, doubling your money or tripling your money. So it was towards the early part of November and I decided let me, let me go out and give this a shot. So I went to a local Target, and Halloween had just passed, and all their costumes were 90% off. That's a great deal, 10 cents on the dollar. So I uh, filled up a couple of shopping carts with Halloween costumes. I didn't know what the Amazon seller app was, so I didn't know what the scan. Am I buying something good? As a guy, I had no idea. I just filled up shopping carts, and you know, I ended up buying uh, about $2,000 retail for $200, came home with a car full of Target bags full of costumes, bring them in the foyer. And a little while later, my wife and my two teenage sons walk in the house and they see all these bags. What's in the bags, dad? Oh, I bought Halloween costumes. I'm going to sell them on Amazon. And they looked at me like I was an absolute raving lunatic. Dad's losing it. He's going I, off the edge. Yeah. And so to get it to Amazon and create my first shipment took about two weeks. Um, hmm. I didn't know that there was Facebook groups. I didn't know that Steven Peterson had a podcast. I didn't know that all these resources of this generous, generous Amazon community were out there. Um, I just toughed it. What's a poly bag, right? You know, half the, half the costumes had to go in a poly bag. So I'm like, all right, poly bag, I've got to order some of these. And so anyway, the first shipment goes out and that hit the fulfillment centers by Thanksgiving. And by Christmas, 80% of the costumes I bought had sold. No kidding. And I was blown away. Whoa, I, whoa, I, whoa. Yeah. You figured it out. You, on your own, no help. You just fudged your way through. Do you think that was luck or now looking at what you know, because you do know a lot. Do you think you really knew what you were doing? Just was it intuitive for you or had you, it was something earlier in your life that taught you that? What was it? Um, I, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. And I mean, ever since, you know, delivering newspapers, mowing lawns as a teenager, always worked, um, always envisioned myself working for myself. And, and I guess in a way, um, with what I do in my, my career of mortgage banking is, is that, um, you know, I set my own hours, my own schedule, which permits me the flexibility to be able to do the Amazon business on the side. Um, and then also it's, it's sort of a seasonal business. So from early November to probably Valentine's day, I could take that time off and nobody would know. It's just, it's not busy in the mortgage industry during that time. So, um, you know, I, yeah, I've always, if I see an opportunity that looks like it, it could be something that would be profitable and a good venture, I, I'm, I'm always willing to give it a shot. And that podcast, like I said, I listened to it a couple of times and I was just, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, but they're doing it. And, um, um, you know, why, it's my slow time of year. I've got time to kill. Let me be productive. 
And so, you know, every time I'd get a payout every two weeks, I would take it. And if it was $300, I'd spend all $300 that day and, you know, rush to get home and ship it, you know, or pack it, get it to the UPS store and then stalk it on my phone until it got to the film fulfillment center and the inventory became available. And the 300 turned into 450, turned into 600, turned into a thousand. And before I knew it, um, you know, I'm a couple of months into this and I guess it was, uh, March of 2015 all, all right. And, uh, you know, I, I was bringing in more from the payouts than I could find doing retail arbitrage. And at this point I still wasn't investing in my infrastructure. Uh, my, my wife's from, uh, from France and, uh, she still has a scale that she had when she moved over here, and it's in kilos, and I was too cheap to buy a $20 <laughs> scale. So um, I would stand on the scale, get off the scale, pick up the box, stand on the scale, subtract out the difference, and then go to my computer and do the conversion from kilos to pounds. <laughs> I love it. So, love yeah. it, love um, it. Yeah, that, but you know what? Your great, 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 great grandfather would have done the same thing. I would have been, that's not necessary. That's an extra cost. That's a, something that stands in the corner. 99.99999% of your day, nobody ever uses it, right? But for that second, so they're smarter. Or who, who's smarter? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, my, my philosophy at the time was I'm going to use this three times every two weeks. Um, and that $20 for the purchase of the scale could be turned into $20 in profit in two weeks. Plus, you might not like this. This might get old. This might be another, you know, hobby, you know you know, put it in the corner within two weeks. So actually, I, I applaud you because I think that going, well, I can tell this, a lot of people that have gone out and bought all the equipment, all, and there's a whole bunch of people shaking their head right now, know right where I'm going. They bought all this great equipment and this and that, and they take no action. I was sitting there listening to you, and I thought to myself, my God, this is a man of action. That true for you? I mean, has that always been your way? Yes, yeah. Um, I look for solutions. Um, you know, so there, there really are no problems there. They're just solutions. And, uh, you know, you find a way to, to get it done. I mean, if you want to accomplish something, it's not going to get done if, if you don't take action and if you don't, you know, uh, take the first step and take the initiative. And I'm a firm believer in that. Um, that's how I've, you know, lived my life, my career. I've, I've had a successful career in my real job. I made it through, you know, several tough years. You know, if you saw that movie, The Big Short, Oh, I went yeah. through that. Um, you know, I didn't do subprime lending. It was, you know, uh, a paper lending. But um, a lot of colleagues that I worked with in the, uh, you know, the 2000s that led up to that are, you know, working at a Red Lobster or, I don't know, doing something else but mortgages. They just That uh, ripple was real, right? I mean, that was real. It was real. absolutely real. Absolutely. Yeah, that was that was a tough couple of years. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to see that the market's recovered and that our industry has, you know, that the pendulum swung so far from, Fast and loose to, you know, you want a DNA sample and a third grade report card to close a mortgage, <laughs> whereas, you know, now we're back to back to common sense. And I think um, underwriting is is back to pretty close to where it should be, you know, where it's it's, it's not easy money, but it's um, you're, you're underwriting a file the way you should. So um, but, you know, I made it through that and it was, you know, I, I could have left. I could have taken the easy way out. Um, you know, I, I did take a few months off in 2008 to look for another career and just found that anything that was out there, the compensation wasn't um, comparable to what I'd grown accustomed to and needed to support my family. And uh, so I ended up going back to mortgages and, and just persevered and, you know, the market improved and, and that worked out well because the years that I had put into the business obviously had paid off with relationships and everything else. And when the market, you know, uh, did recover, um, it served me well. So, um, well, those people that left, how many of them have come back into it? Uh, not many, not, not many. many. So uh, it's a thinner many. market. Is it, is it, 
is that is that a lesson here? I mean, that we should just pause on that all markets will dip. So e-commerce will dip, right? And sometimes somebody somebody just said this. I just saw this somewhere where they were basically saying, "Hey, this stuff," and they use a different phrase, "is hard. It's getting harder," and therefore, you know, a whole bunch of people are leaving, and we are now in position to take off. Those of us who stick it out. Then I have Andy Slamans on just a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, Steve, less than 10% of all retail sales are online. In our world, it seems like everything because that's what we live and breathe, right? right. But it, we're 10%. So which is it? I, I, you know, I think that uh, raising the barrier to enter is, is good for us. It's, uh, it's not a bad thing, and that, that's the same for my mortgage business. Hmm. Um, you know, the folks that left the business were the ones where, you know, you're making a great living because if you have a pulse on a credit score, you can get a mortgage and there was really <laughs> no work behind it. And now you actually have to work for it. I'm, you know, I'm not a loan officer. I'm a problem solver. Um, I spent a lot of my time putting square pegs in round holes and, you know, I have to draw on my, I don't know, 17 plus years experience to, you know, to find a way to make something work if it's, you know, in fact, able to work, um, you know, and well, then folks is, are you saying that this, uh, I mean, interrupt you, I'm sorry, because you're yeah. saying something powerful here. So you're basically saying you're a craftsman, you, you have a craft, right? You've mastered the craft in the, in your mortgage world. Can we parallel that to e-commerce? So the people who are going to be successful are the ones not buying frozen because everybody can buy frozen. That was easy, right? Everybody walks into Target and finds Legos for 80% off at one point in your life, right? That happens. That's not, that's not, you know, an art. I mean, that's just luck, right? But a craftsman who builds, as you mentioned, your infrastructure, who focused in on all those things and builds that out, they can make it. Correct. And, you know, mm. to the point of Amazon, you know, how many times have you seen on, you know, Facebook posts or just heard that RA is dead? Dead. RA is not dead. I mean, it's it's not as easy as it was when I got in. I, you know, I got on gated and health and personal care with a couple of CVS receipts. You, you can't do that now. So sure, it's a little more effort, but go out and find a wholesaler and buy the product wholesale and submit the invoices from the wholesaler. I mean, there's still a way to get in there. It's not as as easy as it was years ago, you just have to work a little harder for it. Um, my perspective is, you know, uh, Chris Green had a chapter in his book. It's my favorite one. Your your lazy competition. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that that's good for all of us because you know that that's less competition that you have. You know, those folks that don't want to take the extra step or put out the extra effort to to get ungated to get approved in brands, they're going to miss out, and that's to our benefit. Um, and and I think that's true with any business, quite frankly, not just you know e-commerce or you know. Um, what my background's in, um, but well, I like I like what you're saying. So I, I'm going to hold you there because I just think <laughs> what you're no because I think it's powerful. I, I just want people to hear that you've mastered the craft in the mortgage world and you were able to handle the ups and the downs. And there's going to be ups and downs. I'm sure there's been ups and downs since they've written a mortgage, right? When they uh, whatever the first mortgage, it's, there's always ups and downs, ebbs and flows. And yes. when you look at it. You know, I think every business, as you're saying, is the same way. So in e-commerce, there are challenges, right? As you said, there's gating, there's counterfeits, there's inauthentics, there's all these different things. But if you persevere, which means that you have a structure in place, you don't live uh, feast or famine, you you know, you even out. Because that's another thing we were talking in the pre-call. Mortgage business is sometimes that ebbs and flows. So there's slow and, and good periods. And so you have to be the real, the real artists are the ones that 
take that extra money, put some away for the rainy day because they know it's going to rain, and then they can even out. Well, e-commerce is exactly the same way. Fair? I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. And, you know, I've, I've adapted from when I started to where I am now. I mean, it's it's an evolution where if I was myself three years ago looking at where I am today and where this business is today, I wouldn't believe it. Um, you know, early on when I had sold through the costumes, I'm talking to my wife. And I said, you know, if, if I could do $450 a week in sales, that's like $6,000 a year in profit for not a whole lot of effort. That's that's like a vacation, right? That's, you know, that's that's great extra money. And I just kept doing what I was doing and turning the money and, and reinvesting everything I had into inventory and not infrastructure at that time. Um, and by you know March of 15, so I was six months into the business, I started looking for places where I could buy in bulk large quantities. And I found a place um, outside of Philadelphia, about an hour and a half away from me, where I could just drive there and kind of scan what they had in the warehouse, their samples, and then you could order 100 units, 200 units. And so I bought from them for several months. Um, and ended up seeing on one of their pallets who their supplier was. So I contacted their supplier and just essentially cut them out by December of that year and um, started buying in bulk from that supplier. And the following year, 2016, just through that supplier, my sales were four times what they were in 15. That's incredible. Um, I was buying pallets by the lot and good and bad, you know, 70% of the product was fantastic, high margin, but 70% of it was either damaged. You mean 30%? 30%. Sorry, yeah, 30% was damaged and, and just not saleable on the Amazon channel and, and eBay. I really didn't have the time or the patience to deal with and uh, just accumulated, accumulated, and finally- Yeah, I how much it. did you get? I, I mean, because before we before we say what you did, I envision, because I'm in this world, right? So when you, especially if you're buying liquidation, right, what you're describing there. So I've done that. Bought a whole toy store one year, right? And, and a whole bunch of it's good, but that means a whole bunch of it it's not good, right? And so it just piles. If you don't do anything with it, the, they call them death piles, right? They just grow and grow. There's no B plan. And I didn't buy it expecting that there was bad stuff in it. I bought it because I was so excited and so giddy. I didn't see it. All I saw was the good stuff and the rest, yeah, hey, I'll figure that out, right? And so how big was your death piles? So I'm, I'm pretty organized and maybe borderline OCD. So I had the most organized death pile that you've probably ever seen um, in banana boxes. And so I ended up, I just got to get rid of this. I had so much of it. And I knew what I was buying. It was all manifested. So I, I knew before I wired the money that 30% of it was going to be you know, garbage. And you know, the next, I guess, challenge is what do I do with it? Um, so I tried liquidation.com and that was a hassle. And I was, I was making maybe I don't know, 40, 50 cents per unit after their fee and my cost for shipping. So I started going to the flea markets once, uh, once a month and I'd go in there with, you know, my van full of banana boxes and cart them out there and sit out there for six, seven hours and walk out with several hundred dollars. Um, you know, just selling everything for a dollar. I just want to get rid of it. And people would, I, I had lines. I mean, it was, I, I ended up having to, you know, after a couple of trips there, people got to know who I was and what I was selling and I had regulars and, and it was just nonstop all day. Uh, but it's cumbersome and it's just, I'm sitting there on a Saturday and it's a waste of my time. I'm getting rid of the product. That's fantastic. But I, I really, you know, that wasn't what I envisioned myself doing as I was scaling the business. That means more garbage comes in and what do I do with it? So, so, so when did the light go on for you? I mean, did you see somebody else? Did you read it? Did you hear it somewhere? Or is this just you thought, huh? Why can't I try this? I, 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 there's a, a local, it's a farmer's market. So it's kind of like an upscale flea market. It's open three days a week. And there's actual 
retail stores there. Uh, the rent's cheap and, you know, the, the traffic, um, you walk in there and one half of it is all food. I mean, they've got a butcher shop, a bakery, it's, it's all Amish goods and it's fantastic and they're super busy. And I said, this is great. You know, the, the rent is, is not expensive. They're bringing the traffic in. So I don't even have to advertise and then I'm going to kill it here. So, uh, it was last September when I opened the, the little retail store and outfitted it with gondola shelving. And my model was whatever the product is selling for on Amazon, I'll sell it for half. People are going to get a great deal. I'm going to get rid of my product. I, I was just, I think it, what really prompted that decision was twofold. I was sick and tired of moving, you know, from my garage to the van, to the flea market, to the van, to the garage, and this big pile in my garage of banana boxes. And just the fact that I know that I'm giving away product, you know, it's, I'm getting a dollar for it, but it's a $10 product. Hmm. Um, so I'll sell it at the store for five. And, you know, the rent was the equivalent to, you know, what I would pay if I went for you know, four weeks out of the month to uh, to the flea market. So now it's static. It's it's right there. I don't have to move anything. I open the store. I close the store, and I'm not moving product around. So I did that for a couple of months, and that went over like a lead balloon. Um, sales were horrendous, and you know, with my mortgage business, I can work remotely. So it wasn't a waste of my time to sit there on the Thursday and Friday that I were in, that I was in there because I'd be sitting in my office anyway, doing what I do. But I wasn't able to do anything with, with the Amazon product, with prepping. And at that time I had um, a part-time employee who did the prep and, um, and I made the decision to close the store and I had outgrown my basement. So I was going to rent warehouse space. And in looking into that, the rent was a little bit less than what I was paying at the store for comparable square footage, but there was issues with temperature. Um, so when it's extremely cold, it gets to be 55, 60 in there. When it's extremely hot, the warehouse would be mid seventies to high seventies. And with health and beauty product, I, I didn't want that temperature fluctuation. So, you know, I had this aha moment, wait a second, you're outfitted with shelving. You've already got the space. You still need a retail channel to unload the product. So what I did is I ended up converting the 500 square feet to 75 square feet of retail by taking gondola shelving that ran down the middle of the store and essentially making that my front wall of the store. And I dropped the prices of everything down to a dollar back to let me just give it away because I don't have the space for it. And I used the remaining 425 square feet as my prep area, um, which had a couple of benefits. The retail store at a dollar a unit pays for most of the rent. Uh, because wait, my- let's stay there a second. Cause that's sure. this, each one of these things are like, people are like, wait, what, what they're <laughs> going to be all like, Whoa, 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 break it down. So I am going to make you pull it apart a little bit. Cause I just think, sure. I think, you know, I, you, to you, it's no big deal. The adaptability of what you're describing. I hope other people are hearing this too. The way you've pivoted, the way you have adjusted, you didn't give up you just said, hmm, let me try another way. So first off, getting that crap out of your house is a marriage saver, right? That's always a big Absolutely. thing. I mean, it that's is. a big, big plus. Two, you're fixing the quality of the product by controlling the temperature and, and that kind of thing. That's a big plus, especially for what you're doing, right? That's a that's a big deal. Right. Uh, three, you're taking existing space you're maximizing the utility of space. You know, we were just describing this. Um, think about this. Toys R Us going out of business. Um, I just heard this, that Wegmans has thirty or 40,000 SKUs in a store. Okay? Where all the, 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 the reason was I was watching a documentary on Aldi, and they only have 4,000, of which, though, 90% are private label. But that's a different story. So anyway, so think about uh, how big... Was a Toys R Us. I would say it's comparable to a Wegmans or a, a, a one of the other big grocery stores. So I'm thinking they have thirty thousand SKUs, right? Thirty or forty thousand SKUs. 
Target gives, I don't know about your Target, but maybe they have 12 aisles of toys. Sounds about right. Both sides, you know, back and forth. But it's only, what are they, 16 feet long? I mean, they have a, a couple thousand SKUs. I think I'm being generous in saying they have two or 3,000 SKUs. And I think Walmart's comparable, maybe a little bit bigger. But my point is this. What are they going to do with that space? Toys R Us had 30,000 SKUs, of which Target and Toy and Walmart probably carry a tenth of or maybe 15%. They're not going to dedicate a lot more of their store to those other toys because they're looking at profit per square foot, utility per square foot. And if Toys R Us couldn't make it selling toys, what, what does, why does all of a sudden Walmart think that they're going to be a better destination? They're not. And so the fact that you figured this out, this is my long way of going back to where it was with you, is you realized that the utility of the space, your cost per square foot, your utilities are included, your garbage, everything about it is done. I'm telling you, that is a big, big moment, especially with Amazon increasing fees. These are the kind of thoughts. This is the kind of thinking you have to do. That was a lot to say. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm, I don't I want do. to downplay it because it's, it's I'm telling you, as I sit and listen to it, when you were telling me this in person, I was sitting there saying to myself, oh man, this dude is smart. He has figured out one of the best opportunities. You don't, you're not paying, you didn't sign a long-term lease, right? No, it was six months and my lease would have been up in February and I spoke with the owner and you know just proposed to him the change that I was going to make because I want to make sure he was okay with me taking what they're expecting you know, to be 500 square feet of retail to 75 and totally fine with it. He goes, yep, that's, I'm, I'm okay. That um, flexibility, that nimbleness, as Andy would call it, because I was telling him about pivoting, right? We were using that for, he goes, no, you got to be nimble. And it, it's just the adjustment that you made. Now, maybe a year from now you have to adjust again because of, but that's, that's the reason that you're having success, Scott. I don't, I don't want to miss that. That is a big moment. And a whole bunch of people are going to be like, oh, come on, Steve, no big deal. Uh, you know what? Go rent space where you are. Go rent a warehouse. How big is a, how much do they get in a square foot in a warehouse for re, uh, like a big location? You know, it's yeah. big money, right? It is. And I was going to pay, I think it was $100 less per month for, you know, the same size space. And and this is far better. And I have the retail offset. So, you know, if I sell 500 units of something with a cost basis of zero um, because it's my 30% you know, garbage, right? I forget what the term is that you used for it, the pile of, uh, what was it? Well, the death pile, but it's spoilage, pile. you know, it's it's what normal people would just throw away. And yeah. you're able to find a, a way to almost offset your complete cost. I'm telling you, dude, very well done. I applaud you. I'm applauding you. you. That's oh, me clapping. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it. I, I just think it's great. So, so that was point four. Um, and security wise, it's relatively secure. It is. Well, it is secure. Um, you know, Relatively. I, I have, it, it is. There's, you know, the, I have 24 seven access. Um, so the, the door that was there has, you know, glass pane. So I had a, a heavy gauge steel plate cut and, you know, put that into the door. So uh, alarm system, security cameras that, you know, if the alarms trip, my phone rings, the police department gets, uh, you know, dispatch gets called. So it's, it's secure. Um, I'm 10 minutes away from the facility, so I can be there at a moment's notice. And I've got eight cameras that, you know, recording 24-7, and uh, the DVR keeps the data for 30 days. So, um, you know, fully insured across the board, workman's comp, liability, um, inventory, you know, premises. Um, so I, I think... You're I'm, legit. 
Dude, I'm yeah, sitting there listening to you. You're legit. I mean, that's a pretty cool place to get to. You don't have, you know, as I was describing when we were starting, is you have a lot of responsibilities. But let me tell you, you've taken away. Right now in my warehouse, I have 12,000 square feet. There are contractors here nonstop. And I have this, this thing that alerts me when somebody pulls in. My son this morning was here. He's like, this thing is driving me crazy because nonstop, all these people pulling in, contractors, nonstop pulling in. You don't have that responsibility I applaud you because you're putting your when you when you have limited time you're putting your effort and energy where you want to which is sourcing products fulfilling or sending them into Amazon getting things going I'm I'm just telling you that's a that's a well-oiled machine there it has to be um, you know I, I my focus is on my career and I put you know, as much time as I'm able to into this business um, you know it got to be where the prep because uh, it's a product I primarily sell is prep intensive, you know, shrink wrapped and, you know, labels and some of its shelf pulls. So it's dusty and it's all got to be wiped down. And so that, that's why I hired, you know, the first part-time employee who's actually a good friend of mine's son. And then, um, uh, last December I hired, uh, this, um, his son's fr- his best friend. So now I've got two part-time employees. And so really for me, it's, it's kind of point and click and research and, you know, uh, manage the repricer and, inventory and I, you know, I, I buy deep, um, with this product. So, in a lot of the cases when I, when I purchase, I've got a 12 month supply. So, you know, the, the last shipment I got was 11 plus thousand units and they're just about through that. Um, but what they do is they'll, they'll prep it by SKU. And so everything's labeled and, um, it's boxed up and it's put on a shelf and I've got a very, very, um, you know, organized system. So I know when I have inventory that has to be replenished, I know where it is. The, you know, it's all barcoded by ACE, uh, by ASIN. I scan that. I know what the quantity is, the date it was packed, expiration date or lot number. And so when I get an inventory alert to replenish product X, then I pull product X and it takes literally a minute and a half to weigh it. Um, put the measurements in Seller Central to, after I create the replenishment, print up a label, and you know it's off to the UPS store. So it's, it's so efficient. I have a picture that Scott has sent me that I'm having on on the website. So you got to go look at it because you'll be blown <laughs> away how organized it is. But that so you're work you're truly um, the emith, right? You're working on your business, um, so you don't have to work in it because you have realized that by putting that energy and effort up front. It saves you every single day going forward. And that's where the time, that's where you gain time, right? It is. And it's taken, I mean, it's, it's been an evolution over the course of three years. Um, you know, just what works, what doesn't work, you know, what's the most efficient workflow. And I'm, I'm constantly adapting and modifying, you know, systems and processes. And, and that's, um, you know, going to continue to happen. Um, you know, with, with what we're doing here, but I, I love the FBA model. Um, that's what allows for me to have the kind of inventory I have, um, you know, without having to keep too much on hand in the warehouse, I send as much as I can to Amazon. And, you know, that's, uh, for that reason, I don't need a 12,000 square foot warehouse. You know, I'm able mm-hmm. to let them do that work and I'd rather pay the premium so that I don't have to find a product, pull it. I've got items that are on eBay. Um, I hate eBay because <clears throat> it's just, it's work, you know, right. it's, um, you know, I, I get, get in on Monday and I've got multiple orders from the weekend. It's like, all right, now I've got to stop what I'm doing and spend 45 minutes, you know, cause that's the one day that the part-time employees don't work. So that's me doing the eBay prep and sending that out. Um, but it's money and I'm able to sell the product for not as much as I get for it on Amazon, but if the pack better than a dollar, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. So, right. you know, it's, it's kind of a necessary evil. Um, and, uh, you know, the volume is, it, it's good, but 
it's uh, it's a bit of a you know, it's, it's it's not as efficient as FBA and I, FBA for my situation. Um, I don't think I, not, I, I know for certain I never would have started with Amazon if it wasn't for FBA. Um, that's the only reason why I was able to scale. That's the only reason why I'm able to do this. Um, you know, there, there's weeks where I don't touch the Amazon business because I'm so busy with my day job. And, um, if it wasn't for FBA, I wouldn't be able to do that. I'm still making money. I'm still generating sales while not laying a finger on the business. And, and that's, uh, to me, that still fascinates me three and a half years later. I, you know, I, I love doing this and, you know, while it is a business, I still love it as if it were still a hobby. Um, I love talking about it. I love doing it. It's, it's just, it's, it's really, it's amazing. I, I never would have believed this is, existed if I didn't do it myself and actually succeed at it. When you, when you think about uh, like products that you're getting, have you been able to over time raise your average selling price by being more picky? Uh, because you're in a position where you know you have limited space and limited capacity, so you have to be mindful. Um, has that been? Have you been able to work on that? So with my supplier, it's typically uh, common for me to find a great product and it's not replenishable. So I'll buy 500 units and that's probably the only 500 units I'll ever get and it's on to the next product, um, which isn't the best model in the world, but the margins are unbelievably ridiculous. It's, um, you know, it's like 200 plus percent. So, you know, that's why I don't mind the, the effort that it takes to prep the product. That's why I don't mind the fact that it's not replenishable. Um, but the downside to that is I've kind of plateaued and that's not a model that's scalable. And I, well, I don't why see... have you plateaued with, with this kind of pro it's just, is it because you can only get so much through your funnel or is it a cash flow issue or is it just because you've bought the, they only end up with 12 lines and you're buying all 12 lines as much that'll sell on Amazon. So therefore you need to expand around that. Do you get where I'm going? I, I do, and I, I need to diversify. So with okay. my, the way that I purchase, it's deep. I don't have the option to go wide. Um, so you know what that means is some products I, I buy, and it's a two-month supply. Other products, I'm out 12-plus months. Um, you know, Some have an incredible margin of you know 400%. Some have a margin of 150, and the average at the end of the day is a little over you know, uh, 200, 250. Um, but what I do need to get into, and actually I, I did very, very well in 16, did well in 17, but my sales were down 5% from 16 to 17. Um, so at the end of the year, I decided to um, uh, hire a consulting company to help me just gain a different perspective on the business and you know make some decisions on, you know, do I continue with what I'm doing? Do I supplement it with um, you know a whole different category, you know, get out of health and personal care and get into something else? And uh, that's what I'm actually in the process of doing now. Um, you know, I'm expanding into a whole different category, and that does present a pretty big challenge for me because the product I'll be purchasing now is about 20 times more per unit than the Whoa. product I've been carrying. And I've got two part-time employees, my very good friend's son and that son's best friend working for me. Um, with my current budget, I have to lay off one employee and cut the hours of you know the, the employee that was uh, that started with me first, which was a tough decision and, and one of the reasons why it's taken me from January until now to make the decision to to move into this other category or to expand into it. Um, so after a lot of consideration and and it's just you know my business comes first and I have to do what's best for my business, but I also have a conscience. And so, you know, I, I had another aha moment, like switching the store over to, to, you know, warehouse or prep space. So I've got the space and I'm not going to have the volume of product for, for these guys to prep. 
but I still want to give them the hours. And so I'm actually going to expand um, on a very limited basis to offer prep services for other third-party sellers. Oh, okay. okay. Um, you know, so it's it's very, very new, and I haven't worked out the logistics, but that's where I'm going with it. And, you know, the thought behind it was I've got the space, I've got the manpower, I've got the, you know, the tools, the infrastructure. I'm in New Jersey. And if you sell shoes and you live in a state that has sales tax, what I'm going to charge you to prep a product, if you're saving 8% in sales tax to have it shipped to me, there's a benefit there. Right. Um, you know, not a tax guy, and I, I don't know how that all works out, but, um, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And, you know, my goal is to, uh, by the end of this month, have you know, a solid business plan in place for this. And I, I think our capacity would only be a couple of clients anyway, but, you know, just, just so I can continue to keep these employees who do a great job for me. They're, they're thorough, they're diligent. They come in, they literally just bury themselves in their work for the, the three hours a day that they're there. And I limit it to three hours because prepping as you know, is tedious and monotonous. And I think that if you spend more than three hours, you kind of lose the um, you, you get know, sloppy the level of quality. And, and I just, with Amazon, you cannot do that. I, I, I can't have one product go in. That's not perfect. Um, and, and so for that reason, that's, you know, instead of expanding the hours of the one employee, I brought in the second one and they just, they both work three hours a shift and, and that's, uh, that's why I have it where it is. Are you walking away from the other business or are you adding on to it? From the health and beauty business? Yeah. Um, I'm still going to do that, but I'm walking away from it for the next couple of months while I scale the new category I'm going into. Okay. Um, only because I'm I'm, I'm deep on it. I, I, I you know. Okay. I so you got everything for six months, and I'll still have sales. And you'll still of, be good. Okay. All right. Well, because it sounds to me like you're building on something that's working, and I'm I'm glad to hear that you're not avoiding that or leaving it unless it was run it unless it ran its course, and it doesn't sound like it did. So absolutely not. No, yeah. that's all. I'll always be in that category. I just don't see a way to scale the sales. I, I think that my sales kind of plateaued out and I've done as much as I could and leveraged as much as I could, but it's time to move on to, you know, much higher price points. Um, so the margins are going to be a lot lower, but it's a, more dollars per sale. Right. So and, if you, if you sell something for $10 and you make, you know, $4, 40%. Wow. It's amazing. But it's four bucks where if right. you sell something for 65 and you make 20, yeah, that's 20 bucks. That's exactly. uh, and there's the same amount of work generally generally within reason. Hmm. Yeah. So when you think about, you know, the skill sets that you have, what, I mean, cause you describe processes and when you see the pictures, you'll understand that he, he's serious about these processes. I mean, this is real powerful stuff. What, what skill sets shine out for you um, that aren't, that are, that are not inherent, meaning that you had to learn and you had to kind of push your way through, because I think there's a bunch of people saying, well, this would be great, but I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. What, what do you have to kind of force yourself to do um, that's helped you that you think others might benefit from? I think an absolute is having a plan and having a system in place. So there, there's a specific workflow from, for example, when I get a shipment of five skids, how do I deal with 11,000 units that are not case packed? It's it's a mess. You know, you've, you've got a box with... 30 different SKUs in there, just kind of thrown in there, you know, two of this, three of that, you know, how do you sort through this? How do you receive it? How do you inventory it? And that's been part of the trial and error over the last couple of years to get to the, the, the workflow um, that I have now, but it's, you have to be super organized, um, keep records of everything, you know, take the time to inventory, take the time. I mean, with the kind of product that I purchase, um, you know, it's important and critical that you do that and, and just have a workflow that's as efficient as you can possibly get it. Is it documented? 
Everything's documented. Okay. So you have processes. So back to the standard operating procedures, and I spoke yeah. about that. So that's a really big deal. Was that a turning point in your business, or did you start your business with that from day one, even when it was just you? Oh, no. I was I was a disaster when I first started. <laughs> okay. I had no idea what I was doing. So this was a turning point then by putting these in place, kind of forcing – if you're going to hire somebody, you got to have the tools to train them. Because I mean, yeah. I'm thinking of how you got – how that the business just turned. Because it sounds like it was, like you said, ebb and flow, and then, boom, magically, things aligned. It was manageable when I started because I wasn't doing you know, a lot of volume. And so you just you have to adapt. I mean, as the volume increases, you have to do things differently, and, and you get to the point where you can't do everything yourself. Um, you, you leverage other people, and, and, and you know, I can pay someone what I pay them per hour to prep, and this way I can focus my energies on, you know, going through manifests and making buy decisions and, um, you know, wholesale lists and, 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 you know, just bringing in more product and doing the research, which is what I'm good at. And, you know, that's the most efficient use of my time as opposed to sitting there and, you know, scanning and labeling and, and, and you know, doing the prep work. And who knows where I'll be a year from now. I mean, I, I may get to the point where I'm going to have to bring somebody else in to, you know, to do the analysis or, you know, getting into RA a little bit. So I'll definitely look to bring someone else once, once I've scaled that up. Um, but I think it's important to, you know, you, you, I'm not Superman. I can't do everything. And, and I understand that. And so I take what I'm best at and that's what I focus on. And, you know, just kind of outsource the rest when, when I'm able to do that. But you you also mentioned about hiring a consulting company to kind of help you guide you through. Um, how are your expectations versus what you received? I mean, I, you know, when I'm thinking about bringing on a consultant, I think about, you know, well, these are the things that are broken in my business. And most of the time mm-hmm. they say, yeah, yep, you're right. But those are symptoms of a much bigger problem. And you got to fix this, lance this boil first get that dealt with, then we can move on to this next thing. Cause those are, you know, there's, there's the real infection. And has that been like that for you? It has been, um, you know, there's a lot of companies and services that are out there for Amazon sellers, um, that aren't always what they represent themselves to be. Mm. So, you know, with the cost of uh, hiring this company, I was a little, little nervous. I mean, I knew they were the real deal, but still wasn't sure how much value I was going to get out of it. But at that point, my, my sales are down 5%. I, you know, I need somebody else to take a look at this and, you know, somebody that's got the experience, that's that's got the wider base of clients, that's seen everything, that's seen every situation, that sees what works for one client. And, you know, based on what I'm doing and my personality and my mindset and my job and my life and, and everything, um, you know, so I open myself up to him and here's, this is my personal life. This is my business life. This is my, my business and inventory. And um, they basically gave me direction and it was very specific, and it was very good direction, but I didn't follow it um, until now. Well, again, it was the, the whole, I've got these employees, and I, I, I know I'm going to do it. well with that, but I just had a conscience. I can't, I can't go down that road, and I, I finally decided. I, just, I had to have um, a, a solution to that problem before I could expand out, and you know, when, when the aha moment of, all right, prep for third-party sellers. I mean, that's not my core business, and I don't want it to be. I just want to have the ability to make sure that I can sustain, um, you know, the, the hours for the folks. You're that work hedging your bet. You're hedging no. your bet. I mean, it sounds to me like even if it, you know, in the long run, you might turn that off. You might say, Hey, you know what? Uh, let's ride that. That course is run. I don't want to do it. Now I have my po- process in place. In the meantime, you're, you're kind of helping smooth out, you know, we're kind of back to the beginning of the conversation where it's basically, you're finding a way to smooth out the business when it ebbs and flows. Right. 
Because it's going to ebb and flow, Scott, no matter what. Oh, absolutely. And, and a year from now, uh, I'm going to be facing a whole different issue. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to tell you that right now, my business will not be the same a year from now as it is today. And the year after that, the same thing. And Does you know, that panic that, you? No, no, that's life. You know, that, no. um, you know, that's, I mean, you just, you, you take situations, you adapt, things change and, and you, you either adapt with them or, or you fail. And, you know, that's just, I mean, for me, that's always been a way of life. Um, you know, the mortgage business isn't what it was when I started in 2001. You know, there wasn't Google. You know, so it's amazing how many people don't know the address of the company they work for, and I need that for the loan application. Now I just Google it. Okay, what, yeah. what's the new company? Boom, done. It's, it's seconds. Whereas before, it was uh, it was much more involved of a process. You know, so that business has changed, and for the better. You know, just like e-commerce, Amazon wasn't what it was. You know, Not 10, even close. Years ago. Um, so they've adapted, and that's you know that's how they've been able to grow. And any successful business has to has to just go with the flow. I mean, Amazon. Uh, I toured a fulfillment center two years ago, um, actually one of the ones that most of my product gets shipped to, and I was introduced to the manager of the facility, and the person giving the tour said, oh, this is Scott. Um, he's, he's a third-party seller. He shakes my hand. He goes, we love third-party sellers. You guys are our bread and butter. Hmm. And, you know, you hear a lot of, oh, Amazon, third-party sellers, are, they're not cutting us out. I mean, ba- based oh, on, right. you know, the reception I got and, um, you know, it's – I kind of lost my train of thought. Well, there. they need you. No, <laughs> yeah. you're needed. You fill in. I mean, think about it. They can't handle all this stuff. I mean, it's just overwhelming what we all bring to the market. Uh, you know, was there, uh, think of the millions of sellers bringing their ideas to the market. That's ideas they don't have to think of. That's the beauty of it. It's this giant think tank, always improving, always trying to outdo each other, always trying to be sharper. Not a bad business model that they have going for them. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not. I, uh, you know, it's, it still amazes me to this day. I mean, I, it's, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. I mean, that's, that's more or less what my wife told me when I played at that podcast for the first time. I'm like, honey, let me just give it a try. And, you know, here we are. And we just scratch our heads like, really? This is. But when you think of your friends, I mean, because it's, I think you're a good example. When, when you describe what you do on the side hustle, I mean, do they look at you like deer in the headlights? Like what? You mean there's other people selling on Amazon? They have no clue. That's the general reaction, um, you know. With, with anyone, I, I tell what I do. That's I don't I don't really understand, and and it's I, I think from the outside looking in, a lot of folks see what I do on Amazon as being, um, you know, uh, like Breaking Bad when the uh, midlife crisis sold. You know, well she sold you know an item on on eBay and you know episode in the first season. You know, they they think that's what online selling is. You're selling you know three units a week out of your garage, and and it's you know that it. They don't realize that it is a big business, and it's um, you know it, you you do have to run it like a business, um, you know from from accounting all the way to to purchasing. I mean it's, but no, they don't get it. Um. <laughs> You're now Main Street USA. You yes. really are. You Andy always describes it this way that it's the family farm, that that's really what we're creating these small family farms all around the United States around the world. But I mean, in our world, you know, the United States, all these small family farms and yes, they're competing each other, right? We're each selling milk or we're selling corn or what have you yet. Uh, we can still coexist because the world needs more, much more than we could produce. Um, so let's, let's bring it to a close. I was thinking about, um, this pivot, this adjustment, this evening out that you've been able to do so many different times. That is absolutely a skill set. Um, I wish I could put a word on it. Like I always call myself a noticer. I'm a noticer. Um, somebody just called me that this weekend. Yeah, I don't miss much. I notice things. I'm not saying I take action. I'm just saying I notice things. But you're clearly a 
adjuster. I'm going to call it you an adjuster. Um, that's a very big skill set. What's your advice? Because you, you've met a whole bunch of people, and when you hear them describe some of their problems, you're saying to yourself, man, just you know, in your mind, you're probably more polite. Um, I'm only shy on the inside, not on the outside. I'd say <laughs> something. But, but you, you're more polite, more reserved, and you would just you know, think to yourself, why don't they just do this, or why don't they... What's your advice to the people that get stuck? Because you've been stuck and you've hired a consultant to help you get past that point because you said, hey, I need to take some advice. And you didn't because you were smarter. And then all of a sudden you realized, no, wait, let me go take the advice. And now it's magically working out, right? Because they're not as emotionally attached. What's your advice for getting them past that point of stuck? I think it's always good to get a, a second opinion from someone that's not close to the business. Um, mm. So if you're not able to sort through it yourself and figure it out because of, as you just said, the emotional attachment um, or just tunnel vision, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, you're, you're so close to something and you've been doing it for so long. It's nice to have a fresh perspective. And um, that's, you know, one of the benefits I've gotten from the consulting company and also just from networking with other third party sellers. You know, it's it's incredible how generous people are. Um, there's so many groups, there's so many, you know, so you can listen to podcasts like yours, you can go into, you know, various Facebook groups, and there certainly are, are, are many of them out there. And throughout my career, you know, before the consulting company, now they're a great resource for all my questions. But prior to that, any question I would have, I, I, I'm not proud when it comes to that. I, I, I'm okay with going out there and saying, listen, I don't know the answer to this. And there's other sellers that are experienced that have been doing this longer than I have, or may have faced the same situation. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. Um, if I can't figure it out, I'll pose the question. And, you know, it's a very, very generous community. Um, folks, generally speaking, have, um, you know, positive solutions or um, recommendations. You know, there's a few bad apples out there, but I'd say, you know, 90% of the folks that are out in groups are, they, there's no ulterior motive. They, they want to see you succeed, which blows my mind because I'm your competition and you want to help me. Um, but it's, yeah, ask for help. Love it. Yeah. I, I think it's sound advice. And, you know, in the mortgage industry, are they this friendly and this giving? No. No chance. No. Not even no. close. But I, I think there's a there's a healthy competition. I think they understand that you could uh, you could sell in the health and beauty. Um, I don't know how many what's how many hundreds of thousands of SKUs are there in health and beauty? Oh gosh. Yeah. Too many. <laughs> right. Right. And so you both can be in there. Now, if you're selling the both selling Crest toothpaste, well, that might be the issue. But then again, how many versions of Crest toothpaste are there, right? So, I mean, I, right. I think that's a perspective. I think we're back to perspective. Oh, man. Yes. Scott, you are a perspective, a man of perspective. That's the way I'm going to describe you. Thank you. Dude, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're very, very busy. Lord knows. We all now know how busy you are. Uh, I encourage others to go out and look at my website and see this picture because it'll blow your mind how organized. And I also have Scott's... Uh, contact information out on the website and i wish you nothing but success thank you so much uh, thank you so much steve it was great speaking with you and I, I sincerely appreciate the opportunity and what a great guy just a great story i love the fact that he figured out the way to take and maximize the space in that um, location that he's at it's such a great opportunity now he's maximizing what he can have his staff do by you know finding another way to help supplement them, at least for now. Again, you know, this is what it takes. This is your com competition. And he's just, you can hear, he's just a great guy who's doing the work. And I think that's the lesson. You got to do the work. It's not easy, but do the work up front and then you get the rewards ongoing. And Scott's just a great example of somebody who's not letting the grass grow under his feet. And I think that's 
something we can all take away from this uh, conversation. EcommerceMomentum.com, EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.